What's Good Games podcast. I'm Andrea Renee, joined as always by my fantastic co-host. Next to me on the couch is Miss Alexa Ray. Hiya. We've got Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And Christine Steimer. Hello. Ladies, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's real hot. Is it hot in Washington, Britt? Yeah, it's about 97 degrees outside. <gasps> but really? I have a nice 71 degree air-conditioned home. I'm okay. See, air conditioning is a thing that I want in my life. It's I'm great. figure out how to get air conditioning in the studio. So apologies to everybody who's listening. If you hear a faint hum of a fan in the background, <laughs> uh, both Steimer and Alexa and I here in San Francisco are uh, using fans so we don't die during the recording of this podcast. It's pretty yes. bad. Especially are you sweaty, Betty? Lights. You know. Not yet. Not yet. No sweaty betties yet. <laughs> Fingers crossed that, that it doesn't cross that bridge. Um, ladies, I have some exciting news. We have a brand new sponsor for the What's Good Games podcast. Who is it? It's MacWeldon.com. So I first heard about Mac Weldon on my friend Jeff Kanata's podcast, DLC, with uh, Christian Spicer. If you guys haven't heard it, it's a fantastic podcast. We love those guys. So uh, Mac Weldon is a men's essentials brand. So what that means is they sell premium things that you want to wear underneath your other things. So that's mm. T-shirts, tank tops, boxers, boxer briefs. Um, they also have swim trunks, socks, and a variety of other cool stuff. They have some cool polos that I've been looking at, too. So Mack Weldon is a, is a cool brand because they believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. So Steimer, I know that you've received your shipment. We pre-ordered some – no, well, not pre-ordered, but we ordered some stuff ahead of uh, us talking about them on the show today. And um, Steimer, tell me about your experience using the website. Yeah. Oh, the website was easy. The only thing that was difficult for me was because I am – like the one girl without a man in her life. I was like, what do I order from a men's website? <laughs> but I found, um, I think it was their pair of shorter boxer briefs. They've got one for people with short legs, which I, I, I qualify as that. Um, <laughs> you do indeed. I do. Uh, and they were actually yeah. quite comfortable. I wore them just as regular underwear at night, like kind of as, um, they, were, they kind of acted like boy shorts for girls, I guess yeah. would be a similar thing. Uh, and they were really comfy. And I was like, okay, I might actually order <laughs> a few more pairs just you're to like, wear them to hey, bed. Who knew that men's underwear could be super comfortable <laughs> to wear if you're a woman? Yeah. Um, but if but if you are a man, they, I've heard from from my husband that he thoroughly enjoyed his test run of the boxer briefs. And now he's not a boxer briefs guy. This mm. might be getting a little personal. Interesting. But he was like, wow, I'm converted. So I'm going to have to order him some more. Um, so if you guys are interested, you can head on over to MacWeldon.com. They have a bunch of different colors to choose from. They also have a line of silver underwear. That means they have like silver threads woven into them. And so that means they're naturally antimicrobial. 
microbial 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 that word which means that they eliminate odor so if you have some you know odor (laughs) issues and you want to keep it on lock it's it's hot right t-shirts is is a thing right like you know you get the the pit stains you don't want to smell if you're out and you want an undershirt that's going to help you manage that odor you might want to take a look at their silver line so not only does mac weldon's underwear socks shirts look good they perform well too so it's good for, like we said, working out. You can use them when you go out on dates. Um, they also have swim trunks. And mm. I think, Britt, you said you ordered them. So maybe next week you can get like a test run of how the swim trunks went. Absolutely. We're bringing them to Bora Bora. So we'll see. That's not Fantastic. next week, though. I was about to say, that's not next week. If you guys want to try out Mac Weldon, head to MacWeldon.com and use our special promo code WGG. Again, that's WGG, and that'll get you 20% off your order. They have some cool bundles if you guys are interested. So, again, if you guys are looking for some essentials to add to your wardrobe, MacWeldon.com. Use that promo code WGG. All right. So, this month, ladies, it's the first Friday of August. It so, is. you know what that means. Patreon, Patreon reading. That's right. So a big shout out and a thank you from all of us here at What's Good Games to our Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash What's Good Games is your way to stay connected to us to get exclusive content, behind the scenes photos and videos, exclusive videos, exclusive streams. We've got custom design postcards. We've got swag boxes. We've got all kinds of cool rewards. If you guys are not yet part of our patreon community we would love it if you join us there at patreon.com slash what's good game so without further ado your your shout out has begun first we want to give a big thank you to our recurring sponsor take this.org we also have alex regopolis the dump the dump lord darren sugg lincoln davis david Icolucci. Icolucci. Mm -hmm. steven insler tom bach michelle villegas villegas Viegas. Yeah. I'm sorry if I mess up your name. I'm the worst. <laughs> Josh Kerwin, Lincoln Thurber, Eric Ginn, Jin, Dustin Lewis, <laughs> Tara Bruno, my babe, Tara. Kyle Heyman, Stephen McPherson, Aaron J. Saxton, Benjamin Pardue, Doug DeShazer, RJ Bryan, Elmo Shell, Boss Peterson, Carl Peterson, Molly Bittner, Molly! Ryan Schaefer, Kyra J., Trevor Yates, John Drake. Simon D, Bill Stillwell, Jason Erickson, Danny O'Dwyer of No Clip Fame, Adam Rapone, Billy Shibley, Stephanie Fitzwilliams, Harrison Pink, Stephen Lynn, Steve Lynn, excuse me, Tommy Larson, Mike Lynch, Lindsay Kelsey, Anthony Murphy, Stephen Chong, Cher Stewart, Mr. Moody, Oswaldo Sandoval, Ethan Anderson, Gio Corsi, Greg Fletcher, Elijah Steele, Duncan Stanley, Marcus Brown, Materia Addict, Devin Hassan, Joe Schlieff, Annette Gonzalez, Christian Rodriguez, Just Troy, Just Troy, Ron Mann, Donato Sinico, the third? I Ooh, think I said that right. That's fancy. Adam Boys, Lee Kendall, and my mama, Teresa Enert. Um, thank you so much to all of our Turbo patrons and our patrons um, in the tiers above Turbo. We couldn't do this without you. We really, really appreciate the support, and um, our heart goes out to you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Um, all right. So, without further ado, should we talk about some news, ladies? Yes, news. please. Ba, 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 ba. Things happened. Things happened indeed. Okay. So, the first piece of news. Now, and just for clarification for folks who, you know, listen to the show every week, I don't 
list these out in any particular order of importance. I just want to make that clear. Just because it's the first story doesn't mean it's the most important story. If Uh you would like us to rank the news, that's something we might consider. You should hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Where can they where can they find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, Andrea? Why don't you tell us, Britt? Fine, maybe I will. Uh, you can find <laughs> <laughs> you can find us at Twitter at what's good underscore games, Facebook at Facebook.com slash what's good games, Instagram, what's good games underscore official. I like the sing songiness of that. Got that from it's you. Wonderful. Aw, thanks. Yeah. It it is Steimer, it is really kind of contagious yeah. the way that you sing everything <laughs> i've started doing it around the house now and john's like is oh, this no. steimer's influence and i'm like yes <laughs> i think it makes life seem so much better it does <laughs> no it does it's great i just don't want to be i don't i don't want john to look at me and be like shut up stop it <laughs> oh oh hopefully he won't he shouldn't hopefully he loves me regardless of how i communicate to him <laughs> Okay, so the first story, Microsoft says it's in talks with Sony for Minecraft crossplay and updates. So coming from Game Informer, in an FAQ for Minecraft's Minecraft. Minecraft's <laughs> upcoming Better Together update, Microsoft answers the question about how the game will work on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Their statement While we are thrilled to be able to confirm the new version of Minecraft is coming to Nintendo Switch, we are still in discussions with Sony about PlayStation and have nothing to confirm. We would love to work with Sony to bring players on PlayStation 4 into this ecosystem as well. So the first word, um, so it says this is the first word on Minecraft crossplay and the Better Together update for PlayStation 4 and Vita since the update was announced at E3 2017, which they did on stage at their press conference. During an interview with Eurogamer, if you guys remember... Mm -hmm. Right when this was announced, uh, Jim Ryan, the marketing head and the Sony Global Sales and Marketing Head of Europe, the Europe division, defended the decision to not pursue crossplay by insisting Sony had a responsibility to protect children that cannot be accomplished if there were crossplay on other services. So I think we all agree, like he done made a mistake. That's <laughs> a lame <laughs> excuse. <laughs> yeah, it was it was unnecessary to throw that out there um Mm. that was just it's it's a dumb reason yeah i think we all agree on that so not only is minecraft pushing for this but psionics has also spoken out about this several times those of course are the developers of rocket league uh they have a vested interest in getting crossplay between xbox one pc switch and playstation 4 but they have said that sony is the sole holdout so this is an interesting problem uh ladies do you care about crossplay between platforms how important is that to you to me, it's not important I mean, just because I have all the consoles, so it's not an issue for me whatsoever. But um, before I get into this, I'll let Alexa answer. You were saying something. No, I'm in the same boat as you, but like, I don't care about crossplay between consoles because I don't play online games with other people because I like to hide away and play my games by myself. But I can understand why for developers like Rocket League, who have this incredibly successful game, uh, it would probably behoove them and benefit everyone if because so many people are playing it if it was available on every console like i know that like i have friends that go out and they're like oh like what console are you getting destiny on what console are you getting uh, xyz on because that's the ecosystem that you have to play that you have to have that game on if you want to play it together so i feel like that would open things up a lot i don't really understand the whole like protecting children thing <laughs> no that was that was him like talking out of his ass yeah i mean he I don't know why he said that. And I'm sure his colleagues around the world were like, 
yo, like, why? Why did you do that? WTF, Clearly, mate. it's a... Yeah, clearly it's a safe ecosystem for children to play in. Right. I mean, Xbox takes the Minecraft community very seriously. I don't think anyone was questioning whether children would be in danger. I think what it comes down to is that there are concerns from a security standpoint um, globally about how message services are used in nefarious ways. So I don't think that... You mean like dick pics? No, I mean like terrorists like, using PSN okay, to communicate so much with worse each other. Than dick pics. Okay. Yeah, like dick pics are bad, um, but, but like there are things that are out. a lot worse out there. And, and yeah. this is not something that's exclusive to online messaging, or excuse me, video game online messaging. You know, Twitter has had to deal with this. YouTube has had to deal with this. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of security concerns, I think, are what really is holding Sony back from from you know, jumping in feet first, because if you were going to pick a community that could unite players globally, I mean, Minecraft is kind of the perfect game for that. Yeah. But that doesn't make any sense to me. Like you're sick because you can still talk to people regardless. You're just saying, I don't know. What do you mean? I'm confused because you're talking about like using it for nefarious reasons. They can already do that with party chat. You're right. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean that's the problem, right? So yeah, the but issue holding then, out on this one thing isn't going to fix that. No, right. you're right, but like it, but I'm saying like that's something that these people have publicly talked about before and said security is a concern, and it's an easy fallback for them. Could they do this today? Maybe. I don't know the back-end infrastructure of how PlayStation's online network works, and I'm not going to pretend like I do. But I'm not saying that it's a good decision. I'm saying it's a decision, and that's the, kind of the reasoning that you know they've brought up in the past, is that security within the online ecosystem is something that they have to be aware of. Now, I think we can all maybe ponder... That the real reason is that they don't want to open the door to crossplay and have that potentially be something that could take revenue away from them in some way. That's right? yes. Ding, yeah, ding, I was going to say that they. I, I don't know. I think it was like as of January. So this was eight months ago. I think PlayStation Four was selling twice as many units as the Xbox One. So I was who was kind of wondering, like security reasons, wasn't something that crossed my mind. I'm like, okay, so clearly, because I think. Ryan said something like, you know, there's a contract that we have and we have to uphold that and security reasons, X, Y, Z. I have the actual quote. I have the quote right here. Quote, we have a contract with the people who go online with us that we look after them and they are within the PlayStation curated universe. Now, clearly that is, like you said, Andrea, something pulled out of his ass. But I was wondering, okay, there has to be another reason. Security didn't cross my mind. But like you said, if they have really sold twice as many or they're on pace to or they have, that makes more sense in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think it comes down to like, think about it. If you're Sony Mm -hmm. and you're on top of the pile, you're selling. You've sold more consoles than both Nintendo and Xbox. If we take PC out of it, because there's already crossplay between PC and PS4. um, If if you look at it just from a console um, perspective, what reason? What do they stand to gain by allowing crossplay on the network? Right. It's like, hey, what are you going to play Rocket League on? Hey, what are you going to play Minecraft on? PlayStation 4? Oh, crap. I want to play with you, but I can't. I might as well get a PlayStation 4. I mean, it's kind of a drastic, but that could be yeah. a, a factor. That's like I mean, absolutely. I know people that... Well, but I know people that bought PS4 specifically to play Destiny. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those aren't your part of those online bears. communities. Those well, are... not only not only that though, but if you're looking at getting a console, you know, if you don't have one yet, if it comes between PlayStation Four and Xbox One, and you know there's no crossplay option to PlayStation Four, and all your bros have PlayStation Four, you might forego this Xbox One exclusive just for the ability to play with your brohemians. It's true. Yeah, but then somebody true. was also saying like this means that the PlayStation Four version won't be getting updates the same as the rest of the versions of Minecraft because they won't be able to keep up or something i don't know i don't i don't know if that's true but that no, was, i don't know why point. that would be so there huh. i was in the comments with some people on a on a kind of funny games daily vid where we talked about this as well and there was some confusion about minecraft being on playstation minecraft is available to play on playstation it yeah. has been for quite some time mm-hmm. this is specifically about players being able to play in the same server together if they're playing on d- different consoles so I don't foresee any reason why the game itself wouldn't continue to get the updates that everything else is getting. They just can't matchmake or join, you know, multiplayer aspects of the game uh, with people who are playing on a different console. Yeah. Also, it's Minecraft. It's like the most benign thing you could play <laughs> I mean, no, but, um, anything well i think this, that's what my point was is that i think the way that sony is maybe looking at it if i had to guess is like if they allow minecraft to do it then they've now opened the door for everybody else so everybody else who wants to have crossplay in their communities could come forward and say well hey you let minecraft do it what about us and i know obviously psionics has been very vocal about this mm-hmm. publicly you know i got into a, a kind of heated debate at comic-con with a friend of mine um about this very issue with rocket league and and PlayStation 4. And I don't have a dog in the fight, right? Like, I, I enjoy Rocket League, but I have no, you know, burning desire to see crossplay happen between Xbox One and PS4. I mean, they already have crossplay between PC and PS4 and PC and Xbox One. I don't really see a burning need for people who are playing on Xbox One to play with PS4 players. But hopefully, some of you out there are big Rocket League fans, or maybe you're big Minecraft players. If you have a reason, if you're like, this is why I want crossplay, reach out to us and let us know what that is. I would love to hear that perspective. Help educate me about I mean, why you guys as gamers of, or fans of these games think it's important. I think it's important pretty for a pretty simple reason, which is to be able to play with more of your friends. Like, not everybody, like, is, not everybody can go out. If somebody's, one of their friends has already purchased, so let's say, the Xbox One, you already have a PS4. Maybe both of you don't have the money to go out and buy another one. It would be nice. I mean, and it's not, you know, something where you can just throw down $400 and be like, well, I guess we'll play this just to play this one game with you. And I, I don't well, think that's realistic. you should have talked before you went to the store. Hey, some people <laughs> get things as gifts. I just, I, I, get, I get that, Steimer. I know that that sounds like a super easy answer. But I guess, yeah, you're right. I guess from my perspective, as somebody who's been in the business for a while, I'm like, but why is that a good enough reason for these giant conglomerations to be Oh, I'm not saying like, it's okay, a good cool. reason for the, for the businesses to do it. I'm just saying that's a reason why a consumer would want that's it. That's why people want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right. um, oh, and this was so I did I did I wasn't making that up about the not updates thing. I was read it from the Game Informer Game Informer article and it just says on the R take paragraph the last sentence says never mind the fact that PlayStation 4 Minecraft owners aren't going to get the updates everyone else will. Now, I don't know why they wrote that, but yeah. they wrote it. So I hey game informer, what does that value. mean? Yeah, yeah, what does that mean? That doesn't make sense. Like if that came from like a press release, okay, but if it's just someone take someone's take on it, I don't understand why PlayStation Four wouldn't get the Minecraft updates. I don't understand. Are they saying they won't get the better together update because they won't be part of it? 
Well, the Better Together update includes some cosmetic items, some right. s- some skins and things like that. I don't know why they wouldn't like why they would leave that all patch? the PlayStation Four, <laughs> PlayStation Three, Minecraft players behind. Yeah, I don't. That know. doesn't make and Vita too. Like I don't know why that would not make sense. I don't know. So we'll look into this, ladies and gentlemen. We will have more to say on it eventually. Um, okay. So I think it's time to move to the next story. Let's do it. Ladies, did you hear that a trio of Persona spin-off games have been announced? <laughs> Alex, hold I on to your man. <laughs> <laughs> Early this morning, not this morning, um, two days ago, Atlas revealed that three brand new Persona spin-off games are on the way. Persona 3, Dancing Moon Night. God damn it. Persona 5, <laughs> Dancing Night Star, and Persona Q2. The dancing games will be available on both PS4 and Vita. While Persona Q2, like its predecessor, will be a 3DS exclusive. Boo. No word on the release dates for any of these, except that they'll all be coming in 2018, according to Atlas. Alexa. Why do you boo? Yeah. I'm booing it because it should be what? on the Switch. Oh, what are you doing? But Persona Q, like, when I, I played the first one for maybe 15 minutes, so I can't say I'm an expert. However, <laughs> the UI was very much tailored toward a handheld experience. Yes. It's, yeah. Guess so what? My Switch is a handheld experience. Boom. Shots fired. So that thing. is true. Persona Q, Persona Q is made by the Etrian Odyssey team, and it's an Etrian Odyssey game, basically, and that's 3DS. I don't care. Put it on the Switch. God damn it, Simmer. Uh, did anyone else so play salty. Persona 4 Dancing All Night? Yes, it was no. so good. Yeah, I loved like, it. Okay, course, good. Of course, they're making two more freaking dancing games for the other two Persona games that everyone likes. Dancing All Night was weird and oh, yeah. a little strange, but I super loved it. And I really loved that Atlas really committed to making a story for that game. <laughs> like it had a very clear story and it was a continuation of the yeah. actual Persona 4 story. So it wasn't just like some bullshit alternate universe spinoff thing. Yeah. Um, I really like dancing all night. I really like the Persona 3 characters. So this is really cool. Yeah. I, I liked Persona 4 dancing all night as well. It takes, it's like a month or so after Persona 4 and it's this really quirky story where the characters get sucked. I won't spoil anything in case you want to pl- don't want to get spoiled from a dancing game, but whatever. That's on you. <laughs> uh, they're, they're sucked into like this this alternate universe where they can't fight, but they have to dance to convey their feelings. And that's the only way yep. you can persuade the minds of the evil enemies. Sounds and it's a right. really, yeah, it's really well written. I mean, if you are a fan of Persona 4, like you should play dancing all night. Same quirky characters. The story is very strange and the music is fantastic as always. It's like DDR for your fingers. It's good. I just don't, I'm not very good at music rhythm games, so I you don't have to play be. it. No, no, no. Play on easy. That's what I did. Because then you can oh, make okay. a lot of mistakes. Just play it for the story. And it, it's actually easy. You have like the D-pad on the left side and the buttons on the right side. And you have to push them at the same time. It's it's simple. You can handle it, Stimer. I need to get a new Vita. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, put Persona Q on the Switch. Q2. Why are you suddenly like this giant Switch cheerleader? I know. Because, you just because got I it? don't want to get a 3DS. <laughs> that's literally you can it. use mine you can borrow mine if you'd like uh, I mean, <laughs> nothing is ever I mean, good enough for you I sorry know. i offered I'm to let kidding. you borrow my sweet I... yoshi 3ds <gasps> it's got yoshi on it color me interested yeah, it's the yoshi special edition one mm. so mm. it's you, green you, and it's got yoshi and the little eggs on it if you need to persuade Samer to get anything just put it in bright colors and then yeah, suddenly it's the best thing ever <laughs> that is accurate i'm a sucker for bright colors yeah <laughs> Ooh, okay. shiny. Well, 
Alexa, I don't know. You gave me a big groan before. What? So Persona 4 was a very like kind of quirky game in itself. Uh-huh. Persona 4 Dancing All Night was even stranger. Because Persona yeah. 5 is a bit more on the serious side, do you think we'll get an actual like serious story continuation in Dancing All, not Persona 5 Dancing, whatever the fuck it's going to be called? Be careful what you say. If you spoil anything for me, I will kill both of you. I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be... I mean, it's a dancing, dancing game. <laughs> yeah. What are they? What are they going to do? Steal dance moves from people? Like, how is that Phantom <laughs> Thief thing going to work? I want to see Yusuke cutting a rug. <laughs> uh, whatever. I don't think it'll be as serious as Persona Five. Definitely not. I mean, mm-hmm. again, it's a dancing, dancing game. How do you do that? Game. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. Before I spoil anything, we should move on. I'm excited for it. I want it. All right. We're gonna stream it. Yay. Okay, next story. <laughs> We're dancing. Steimer. The Try best to contain story. Your excitement, okay? The best Guild story. Wars 2 expansion, A Path of Fire, has been announced. Hell yeah. From GameSpot, the second expansion for the multi million selling Guild Wars 2 has been announced. Path of Fire was revealed and it will launch on September 22nd. It takes players back to the Crystal Desert region from the first Guild Wars, along with another area called Elon? Elon? From Mm -hmm. Guild Wars Nightfall, there are five new open world zones in all, along with nine new elite specializations. AreaNet president and co-founder Mike O'Brien said in a statement that the Path of Fire update is all about content. Also coming to Guild Wars 2 and the Path of Fire expansion are mounts, which will allow players to move through the world faster. Is that what mounts do, guys? How long has Guild Wars 2 been out without mounts? It's been out for, what, three or four years without mounts? It's been out for a long time. And that I like, a long time. I, I, I saw okay. this obviously going up on Twitter as soon as it was being announced, but I somehow missed the mounts part. Uh, and then I was looking back over the story today and I was like, I started freaking out. I was like, oh my God, mounts, they're finally adding mounts. They talked forever about how they would never do it because they have the waypoints and the waypoints were good enough and you would not need mounts. And now they have them and they look cool. And there's only four, which I find weird, but I assume they'll add more later. So there's well, like, they're probably going to sell you more later. Oh, yeah. They, but here's the thing. Guild Wars is really good about selling you cosmetic-only items versus, um, like, uh, you know, pay-to-win or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't think... It'll be skins probably for the same type, but it won't do anything different. Uh, so the mounts are... <laughs> Let me look them up real quick. I got oh the while she's, what I sound while she's like looking, when I talk about while Wars. she's looking up the mounts. If you're curious, the expansion is going to cost thirty dollars, but you can also get it in a fifty dollar bundle that includes the previous expansion, Heart of Thorns. All purchases come with an instant boost that raises one character's level to eighty, and this also includes an allotment of gear and gold. Ooh. Right. Mounts, Timer. yes, mounts. There's a raptor, which is cool. You get to what? ride a dinosaur. Hell yeah. Uh, then there's a skimmer, which basically looks like a manta ray, um, and but they can uh, kind of glide, like hover, basically over the top of the sand. Hoverboards. Um, they're, ba- they're yeah, they're a live hoverboard. Um, they can't like really fly, you know, and, and wow, like you can have your mounts go up super high. Doesn't seem like these will do that, but still cool. Um, to the raptor. Then yeah. there's a giant bunny. Giant bunny. You can ride a giant bunny kangaroo thing. It's really weird looking. This is the weirdest looking of all of them, where I'm kind of like, it almost looks too goofy for me. It's just sort of out of place. Okay, what uh, part, bunny? Maybe your character will look really cool on it, though. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. But then the last one, which I think is the coolest looking one, is called the Jackal. But it's not like a real 
world jackal it looks like it's made of sand and then pieces of rock and magic is basically holding it together it looks cool So those are the mounts. And then, (laughs) to go along with this, they obviously have six new specializations for, or not six, eight, uh, specializations for each of the classes. Um, So everybody gets a new new way to play their character, and I'm stoked because it means my ranger, this is, I'm sorry, I'm just really excited about this. So my ranger, everybody hates, well, no, not everybody hates rangers, but the one thing that really irritated people about rangers is that you could never... Um, your pet's AI wasn't very good, so in harder content like raids or fractals, oftentimes the pets would be killed immediately, and that's 30% of your damage. Gone. Um, so they just really weren't useful for high-end content. So now, the new ranger, you basically stow your pet inside yourself. You become one with the pet. You gain that damage back, and then you can um, fight as normal, which I think is really very cool. Thank you. I will play my ranger more again. That's it. Sorry. That's good. Uh, so, in like five seconds or ten seconds, why should people play Guild Wars over any other MMO? Like, what do you love about it so much? Um, I love the world. It's number one, it's beautiful. Number two, you can ex- just run around and explore. You don't even have to really engage in combat a lot if you don't want to. The community is actually pretty helpful. There's obviously a few jerks, eh, like everywhere. Um, then, like a lot of the... Um, Community content is really good. Like, you can kind of go in, fight with a bunch of people, not necessarily need to talk with anybody, which is great, um, but do your part, get your rewards. They've just designed it really well. So if you are somebody who wants to group up with people a lot and have that guild um, community and, like, be really a part of it, you can. If you want to go in there and never talk to another person, you can do that, too, and still have a decent time. Uh, so I just think... They're really great. And they also, um, they don't do a lot, like I already mentioned, a lot of pay to win. They're pretty good about what you pay for and what you don't. Uh, Like I said, this is what, you know, 50 bucks for both expansions or 30 for just this one. Um, So they only do paid content when it's, you know, worth it, really. They don't charge you a monthly stipend. So Mm. I like that, too, because I don't feel guilty for not playing it. (laughs) Noted. That's what happens with with MMOs. That's why I stopped playing them when they're... When they have a subscription fee. Because otherwise I just feel it like looming over me. You haven't played this and you're paying $10 or $15 a month. Yeah. It's like a gym membership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind <laughs> of. <laughs> if only a gym membership were $15. Oh, Not a Planet Fitness. $10 a month. <laughs> what? Really? What? We can talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, any final thoughts, Steimer? I want you all to play with me even though all of you don't want to. No, no. It's just the idea of starting a new MMO is kind of a daunting task. You don't need to play all of it. You can just get your level 80 boosted character. And that's another thing that's been really great about it. So, you know, a lot of other MMOs will constantly bump up um, your need for new gear or whatever. Guild Wars doesn't really do that to you. It doesn't. There are higher tiers of uh, armor. But if you are level 80 in exotics... You can get by anything, and exotics are pretty easy to get. Um, there's obviously legendary gear, and there is... Ah, the pink one. Crap, I can't remember what the pink <laughs> one's called. But there's, like, two other gears above the exotic gear. That it's not to the point where you would be completely out of, like, unable to do anything. Um, so they've really designed it so that you can jump in and not feel like everybody's way stronger than me. Hmm. 
Okay. Well, if my wedding gets canceled and Divinity Original <laughs> Sin 2 doesn't come out, and if Destiny 2 isn't coming out, then I'll give it a shot. Dude, no, Summer, she set you up to fail. She said <laughs> if my wedding gets canceled, now you can't ever wish for that. So now you know she's never going to play Guild Wars 2 with you. It's just silly, Britt, because you're just talking about... It's First off, it comes out at the end of September. And then it's not like you need to play it on the end of September. You can play it later. And I will. I'll try. For you, I will try. You know what, Britt? You're probably going to play this 30 years from now with me. <laughs> yeah, probably. This game that came out in 2017. I finally played it. Yeah, no, I know. It's true. That's what I'll do. That was good. <laughs> yeah. You deserve that, Britt. We love you, but you need good. to put your SNES down. I refuse. Haters everywhere. <laughs> Haters, all of you. How can you know your... Wait. How can you know where you're going if you don't know where you came from? Uh, stuck in the past. And this is a perfect segue. Speaking of the SNES, <laughs> <laughs> classic edition of the SNES pre-orders are finally coming. So we talked last week about how they got canceled and it was a big deal. And myself and a lot of other people out there were very angry about it. But now Nintendo has made an official statement on their Facebook page. They said, we appreciate the incredible anticipation that exists for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Super NES Classic Edition System. Is that really the actual name of it? That's a long ass name. I've never. <laughs> That's what's written in the statement. Huh. And can confirm that it will be made available for pre-order by various retailers late this month. So I'm guessing that means like the last week of the month. It did not offer a more specific date. Uh, nor did it say which stores would be offering the pre-orders. Individual retailers may share their plans in the weeks ahead. We'll continue to monitor and track how to pre-order an SNES Classic Edition. As more details are shared, we will share them with you. Uh, speaking of which... Uh-oh. My NES Classic Edition came in the mail. Oh, it's oh, so yay. pretty. Da, da, da. So tiny. Oh. Um, so, a week ago, two weeks ago, uh, Think Geek went on Twitter and was like, hey, friends, we found a secret stash of SNE, or excuse me, of NES Classic Editions. We're going to put them in bundles and sell them to you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I got one. Oh, it's so, so cute. It's so I'm adorable. holding it up now for people who are listening to the show. The first thing I did was try to open does it the open? cartridge. No. It does not open. I'm really kind of sad about that. No, even, if it, even if there was nothing inside, if just the flap opened up, yeah. it would have made me much happier. It's but a false here, hole. It. It's super light. And so does it come with two controllers Don't as well? shake it. Wow. There's nothing in it. No, it only comes with one controller. So that was like a, a big complaint from people about the first edition is that mm -hmm. it only came with one controller. And the controller cable is pretty short. Oh, so right. I have to buy a second one. But I saw online that you can buy wireless adapters. You can get wire. You can get wireless controllers. Oh, my God. Alexa, Alexa has it on top of her head right now. If you are, yeah, if you're listening, I just looked and Alexa has the NES on her head. It's a good hat. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a fascinator. It's so tiny. It's like one of those little ones. So I was it's, thinking about maybe streaming or something. Uh, do some that would be really games. fun. Um, but it's like yeah, the size of a piece of toast. So tiny. <laughs> it's very, very tiny. So it's commence. Like, it's, it's probably the size of like a, a like a decent sized bagel. Did you just <laughs> call it a, ba a bagel? Yeah, that's my North Dakota coming out. Okay, <laughs> bagel. A bagel. A bagel sounds like an enemy <laughs> from the labyrinth. I'm sorry, it's a bagel. A bagel. A bagel. It's a delicious yeasty treat. Hey, shaped like a circle with a hole in the middle. <laughs> Whatever, Connecticut girl. <laughs> Uh, 
So commence the anxiety until the end of August when these things actually go on sale. I forgot to change the camera back, so let me show you. Some, <laughs> let me go. Let me, hold on. Let me let me show you guys. There you go. Now you can probably see a little bit better. It was hand really tiny. For reference, it's very tiny. Yeah, it's very small. So like that hand in the promo photo, like that's it's really like. Do you have a banana kind of for a scale? Large hand. Like that's a little bit. <laughs> I don't have a banana. I have an iPhone Seven Plus for scale. God, where's a banana when we need it? Oh, so, that's probably about how big it is. Uh, where's a banana <laughs> when we need it? That's maybe the quote of the show. Um, okay. I want to like so get a little the next, uh, The final piece of news that we are talking about today, Alexa, just put your earmuffs on. Uh, right. Dota 2's The oh. International has begun. <laughs> New changes are, are coming to the game to make it more newbie friendly. So over on Polygon, they wrote, Dota 2 is making changes in its initial stages to be more welcoming to newcomers, anticipating their influx during and after the International 2017, which is currently in the group stages, with the main event running from August 7th through the 12th. In an update launched on uh, yesterday, I I believe it will be, Valve restricted new players' hero selection to a curated group of 20 heroes for the first 25 games. Valve chose the heroes out of telemetrics, suggesting they were the ones most helpful to newcomers in Dota 2. Additionally, the latest update will pair new players with those who have consistently high behavior scores. Valve said it is it is important that new players have a good social experience while they are trying to learn the game. The adjustment means new players will be paired with others not only by skill level but also by their opponent's behavior. The International 2017 esports tournament begins um, well, technically, it's already begun, um, but the finals begin on August 7th, and it will end on Saturday, August 12th at the Key Arena in Seattle. And when we started taping the show today, I checked the prize pool, and it was over $23.3 million. That's stupid. With $10 That's- million going to the winner... Alone, bonkers. Why are we giving that money to like hospitals and orphans? Why does it have to go to Dota players? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, because the fans are putting money into the into the pool because they love this game. They love the compendiums and they love what Valve is doing. I'm not saying that some of it shouldn't go to better causes than just Dota two players, but hopefully, some of these players who make a lot of money off of it will donate some of it. Alexa, I feel like you have yeah. a lot to say. I doubt that. I hate Dota. I, no, she just hates Dota. Oh. Yeah, she I played just, Dota. Yeah. So I played Dota for charity many moons ago. Many moons ago on a charity stream for charity. And one game lasted two hours. And nobody told me what to do, except apparently I equipped two magic sticks, which is one too many magic sticks you're supposed to equip because... <laughs> You only equip one, and it does what it needs to do. And if you have two, it doesn't do anything. And uh, Duncan Stanley, if you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're probably <laughs> laughing at me because you saw it happen. Um, I, like, didn't know how to use my alts. I ran after a dragon in the forest and, like, didn't help anyone. Oh. And everyone was like, go to the mid and jungle jungle the boss. And I'm like, I don't know what any Why of Why would they means. tell you to do that? You should. I don't know. Yeah, you I don't never, know what those words mean. You wouldn't I just, really want a new player to jungle anything. No. That's why. That's why I. They were like, Alexa's going to play it for charity because she's so bad at it. I'm just spewing out keywords that I remember. But, uh, from Alexa, my time well, did did. did well, I want to know if um, when you went to go select a character, were all of the characters available to you when you were yes. a new player? Yes. They didn't lock any of them because I know how I, I don't was play Dota. On someone else's account. Oh. Because I play League, 
um, which is obviously not quite the same, but very similar. Um, and League always has this where if you're a new player, there's a rotating right, group yeah. of like five to ten champions that I played, you can use. I played League. Yeah. Nope. I was playing another person's account. Oh. Uh, and I picked someone that looked cool and I grossly <laughs> misused them. So here's the thing. As the only person on this podcast that actually plays a MOBA actively, yeah, I will say that it's unfair for you to say it's bad mm-hmm. having the That's experience that you had with the game. Is it complicated and difficult to understand and not so friendly to new players? Absolutely. And clearly Valve recognizes that, which is why they put out this update. Because they're like, hey, a lot of people are getting excited about the international. Uh, It's making mainstream news because there's this giant prize pot of money. And it's the most watched event next to, you know, the LOL champions. So clearly people are like, well, maybe I'll give it a shot. And so they recognize that they need to make it a little bit more friendly to to new players because it is really complicated. Um, but it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it not for you. It's bad. And that's I okay. A, I have a complicated relationship with Dota, which I will not get into on this podcast. And it's dumb. And you're allowed to have that. I'm just yeah. saying not all MOBAs are like that. No. And I think I'm the one reason that I was guys. Okay. drawn to League over Dota was that the games are much faster. Dota is a much more complex uh, lengthy game and I didn't want that but I know that there are there are people who do obviously there's there's a lot of people who do a lot um so that's why I leaned league over dota but otherwise I do enjoy mobas I think they're fun yeah I have nothing constructive to say because I've never laid <laughs> well I think I've seen a few matches but I've never played a moba ever so that's that's just me we'll change that oh, shit. I will teach you all the ways. Of last hitting. I played Paragon with you. Last hitting, not last hitting. (laughs) (laughs) What? Last hits. Last hits are important in MOBAs. Well, especially if you are the carry. What? Correct. We will teach you. Don't. Don't. We'll teach you everything. It'll be great. It'll be excellent. (laughs) We'll get some of the What's Good Game community members on our team. It'll be fun. It'll be easy. We'll just play against bots. Take it nice and slow. One time, one day I want to tell the story of why I don't play League anymore because it's essentially that um, I had the most epic game ever and there's no way it could ever be topped. So I want to talk about that game one day. Okay. All right. That sounds great. All right, ladies. I think that's going to wrap it for our first segment. When we come back, we have some hands-on impressions for some games for your ear holes. Yeah, girl. All right, we'll be right back. Stay tuned, guys. This is the What's Good Games podcast, in case you somehow stumbled into the second segment of the show. <laughs> um, Welcome. I have to give uh, another shout out. We have another sponsor, our new, another new sponsor this month. We're super excited to have him on board. It's Nick Chester, everybody. <gasps> Chester. What? So this is a kind of an interesting sponsorship. It's This segment's kind of probably going to change week to week. But basically, a secret benefactor has said... I want to make sure that Nick Chester knows just how 
dang awesome he is. Mm-hmm. So it is our duty <laughs> to make sure the world knows about Nick Chester. So if you don't know him, if you've never heard of his name, he was here last week with Darren Sugg, who uh, works on Fortnite. Nick is a publicist and PR guy over at Epic Games. Nick and I first met back when he was working at Destructoid. Oh, God. That's um, when I met him, then, too. Yeah. How long ago was that? In, oh, I don't want to say. <laughs> and then he went to work at Harmonix and... Um, he played many rock band songs and danced a lot to Dance Central. He's a very um, good singer. He's a great guy. He is very fun. He is probably, and don't take this personally, Steimer, he's probably the best karaoke singer I've ever met in my life. No oh. offense taken. The first night we met, we sang karaoke together, and I thought, this this man's incredible at karaoke. Yes. Let's he's be friends. <laughs> so um, we want you guys to show Nick some love if you are so inclined. He is at Nick Chester on Twitter. And um, he's just doing a great stand-up job, you know, talking about video games and putting out funny memes and snarky (laughs) tweets. Bravo! Bravo! He's good at that. So thanks, Nick Chester. Thank you. You're great. Um, So now let's talk about some hands-on impressions. So we all got the chance to play a little bit of episode one of Life is Strange Before the Storm. Ladies... Any first thoughts? Britt, did anything stand out to you about this uh, little gameplay snippet that we got to see? Uh, Nothing stood out as far as like, oh, this is new and exciting. I mean, this was a few days ago and a lot has happened since. So if if anything stands out to you, let me know. But I'm more interested just for the story of Chloe and Rachel and how they became to be and what Chloe was like. And I'm really excited to explore those relationships, especially with her stepdad. Um, We saw some interesting things going on there. But I mean, it plays and feels just like life is strange. Except you can't rewind time. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know what like what or if there's a special power in that game. It doesn't seem like there is one. No, there's there not. Is. So the the developers have said that um, there are some supernatural elements that they're not disclosing, but there is no rewind power, and that Chloe doesn't have like a supernatural ability uh, like Max did because it didn't fit with her story. Okay. She does have um, so Max was a photographer so a big mechanic of the game was snapping photos of things so and before the storm what chloe does instead is she puts graffiti in the world and there's a lot of places where you're going to be able to choose what the like between two options about which piece of graffiti you want and then when you return to that place in the world where you put the graffiti your choice will will be persistent we did put some graffiti up i remember that i didn't realize that that was like chloe's thing yeah it is chloe's thing chloe's thing other like i said though it just felt like life is strange and i'm excited to play it i wasn't i'm not going into this looking for any exciting new gameplay mechanics again i just want the story um and what i played of it it looks like that's what we're gonna get we saw some juicy details going down between chloe and rachel alexis timer and i did yeah that was good yeah i what i liked um i mean Besides the fact that, like, what you just said, Britt, um, was the music. So the music is much more punk this time around, because Chloe, obviously. Uh, and I was somebody who grew up listening to punk, too. So I'm like, ooh, yeah. Like, let's get back into this. Um, and obviously, Life is Strange, known for a great soundtrack. I think this one will also have one as well. hmm Yeah. Alexa? I really, I really like the, uh, well, some of it. There are some parts of the, like, I 
go into games and I story is what draws me to games. And like the scene, there's a scene with Chloe and her soon to be stepdad, mm-hmm. currently just the mom's boyfriend who's slowly moving in. And we sort of see like, and so in life is strange, David, her stepdad is portrayed. Uh, Chloe portrays him as this guy that came in and like runs the house with an iron fist and like bosses his mom around and bosses her around and is just this hard ass tyrant. And then you see Chloe, like younger Chloe with uh, David boyfriend, David, and he's just trying to like get her to interact with him in a nice way. Like he's, he's not like snipping at her. He's not like mean to her. He's just, he's, he's this guy that's just trying to get this young woman to like be okay with him because he's got the relationship with the mom. And then we saw another scene with Rachel Amber and Chloe, where I guess it was kind of insinuated that maybe that relationship was more than just a friendship. Like, I think the developers are playing on what a lot of people thought or... uh, You mean the relationship between Rachel and Chloe? Yeah, Rachel and Chloe. Uh, Going going off what a lot of people said about uh, uh, Max and Chloe or what they saw in that game or what they thought about, like, how fervently Chloe was like, oh my God, we have to find Rachel. And I really like that these developers did a prequel rather than a sequel because... I would not, like, I never really thought about how the relationship between, say, Chloe and David started, just that it was there mm-hmm. and it was tense. So it's really nice to see that it it looks like it's not going to be from the perspective, oh, you know, I'm this teenager and everyone's out to get me. Because in Life is Strange, the adults all were terrible. Like, True. The principal, the principal <laughs> was, like, really shitty and, like, well, ex- was just trying to cover up. So the mom was nice. Um, except for the mom, yeah. Well, yeah, except for, the, except for the mom, but all the parents were bad. Max's parents, like, weren't even around. It was, like, they, like, barely texted her. So, like, I'm really interested to see some, like, a little bit more, like, oh, okay, this is where this is going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. So I hosted the Life is Strange Before the Storm panel at San Diego Comic-Con where we did a live playthrough with the audience, which was cool, and got to hear a lot of people's questions. And it was interesting, like, hearing, you know, so many people talk about how the game really impacted them in a very emotional way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you can expect a lot more of that in these three episodes that we're getting from Deck Nine. I thought it was interesting that they said, hey, do you remember how Chloe and Max had a pretty like contentious meeting in the episode one of the first Life is Strange? And, you know, Chloe was like pretty pissed at Max. So we, they're like, you might find out why that is. So I did notice her in... Um, <laughs> I noticed her in the phone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she's in Chloe's phone, like with a text or something. I didn't see what it was, but I just saw that she was there. Yeah, so Max isn't in this game in a big way, but she is in the game in some way. Mm-hmm. So obviously we don't want to, you know, give away too many spoilers. And we didn't see that much of the of the episode. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to this. So it's out on August 31st. And, um, you know, we obviously already did a full segment on the first one. And so maybe we can do like a live playthrough with you guys or something. Could be I want to I want to ask this question because it has been a news story around. How did you guys find the new voice actress for Chloe? Because it's not Ashley Birch returning because of the strike. Uh, right. right. So if you guys missed uh, the news about Ashley. So she's, of course, part of the. Screen Actors Guild strike that's happening. A lot of voice actors are not working on projects as part of a negotiation tactic that they're doing. So Ashley Birch could not return and reprise her role as Chloe. Uh, Instead, she did come on board in a writing capacity and helped contribute um, 
to the story of before the storm. And I'm going to look up the name of the actor that replaced her. But Alexa, you have some thoughts. I do not like it. I do not like her. I do not like her. Do you think you'll get used to it as like over the course? Because I'm like, I initially didn't really like it either. But I'm feeling like eventually I'll probably get used to it. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. She <laughs> has... I... I'm, like, really, really sorry, but she has no emotion in her voice whatsoever. And whether or not she was saying something positive or negative or, like, those little... Because Max had those little asides in her head. Mm-hmm. And Max had a lot of a lot of inflection. And she had a lot of, like, oh... Da, 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 da. But this, this new actress is just totally flat, talks like this the entire time. I got so tired of listening to her. I, like, I don't... I don't like her. I don't now, like her. Sorry. do you Sorry. think? No, no, that's your opinion, man. Now, do you think that could be? Because I, I, I felt like she was a little flat as well. Um, and then I was thinking about it. Like, do you think that could be situational and at the direction of a director? Because if you think about it, Chloe hasn't gone through all this crazy crap yet. So maybe she's not the super like person we see in Life is Strange. Or do you think she's, it's she just hasn't a gone talent? through crazy crap? Her dad died. Well, I, I you just know what think, I'm saying. Like, so <laughs> it is a voice director's job to elicit some kind of emotion out of your actor. And I honestly don't think, don't think she was given the direction. Okay. Be super flat because nothing bad has happened to you yet. So I just think the actress is not, not inflecting. I don't really feel a lot of emotion when she says stuff. Uh, Maybe that was like a first recording. Maybe that's not going to be the final recording. That was just the demo we played, but I was, I couldn't, I couldn't. I doubt it. This game comes out pretty soon. Mm. Yeah, so it's interesting to, to hear you say that because um, they they put out a developer a, a developer diary with Ashley with the Deck Nine team, and then um, Rihanna Devries is the name of the actress who took over the voice of Chloe Price. So this is a, a an almost five minute developer diary that you can watch on the Life is Strange YouTube channel, uh, and her talking about how she has to kind of step into these shoes and take up this role and how she tried to embody, you know, the character that Ashley built before her. And, you know, I, for the parts that I played, I didn't get the same feeling that you guys got. I didn't think it was particularly flat. I think it's hard to tell without watching some extensive cutscenes because, you know, when you're walking around the world and looking at a random thing, it's you, you get like just a couple words or maybe a single sentence of dialogue instead of a conversation. And I think conversations are really where we're going to see whether she, you know, shines in this role or whether she falls flat. Um, she had a couple good one-liners um, in some of the stuff that I played, but oh, what was it? Uh, when David was like, "Why did you take so long?" And she's like, "Why do women take so long to get ready?" And she's yeah. like, "Because we're waiting for the men to leave without us." Yes, because we're line. hoping you'll leave without us. I like the writing. I think the writing is great. I like the dialogue. I think it's very quippy and very funny. I just there was an emotional it. part that I'm not going to say why um, because that would spoil it. Uh, you guys might remember it um, I, toward yeah. the end. Yeah. I mean, in that part, I think she was better. I do think maybe she's just trying to be Chloe and like distant and it's coming off a little flat in some of the parts right. we played. Um, but yeah, but I mean, without playing the whole thing, it's hard to say. Right. But if that's the voice she's going to have the entire time you're walking around that world and that's what you're hearing the most, I'm like, no excuse for that. We'll have to I see. Didn't like, I couldn't. I didn't like it. No, it's okay. <laughs> you're allowed to not like it. I would say maybe let's just 
take a leap of faith and give it a chance. If, if this was something where Deck Nine or Square Enix had said, we don't want to work with Ashley anymore, we hired somebody cheaper or whatever, then I would say you can get mad about it because that's kind of shit. Well, I'm not mad right? about it. I just didn't enjoy her performance. No, but I know there are people who are mad about it. You know, like when there the are. news first came out, there was people who even went as far to say, as, well, I'm not buying that game if Ashley's not in it. But Ashley worked on the she game. Wrote, she yeah, helped she write the it. game. And I'm sure she would love to rep- reprise her role. But because of the strike, you know, this is kind of one of the first you know, victims of the strike that we've seen from a really well-known voice actor. And I think we're only going to hear about this more and more until they resolve the issues that they're having. And I think that, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I just want people to give it a chance. Cause like, I'm sure Ashley would want you guys to give it a chance because she yeah. worked on this project. So yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm down with giving it a chance. I just wanted to point out that I thought it was a little flat. That's all. No, you're, you are allowed to. I asked for your opinion. <laughs> All right, ladies. Moving on. Um, I had the opportunity to get hands-on with Sonic Mania. Yay! So I heard about this from E3. And when Sega was like, hey, you want to come try out Sonic Mania? I was like, you bet your bottom dollar I do. <laughs> so I went over to the Sega offices here in downtown San Francisco And if you guys haven't heard, Sonic Mania is a 2D Sonic game that's a throwback from the games from the 90s. So it updates all the original levels, and it has a co-op mode where your friend can play as Tails. Yay! Um, I love Tails! Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, Over half of the classic levels are brand new, meaning they have a second act. So what this means is, uh, for example, take a classic, Green Hill Zone. There was two acts. The first act is like a remastered version of the original Green Hill Zone, and it's beautiful 2D glory. Act two is all new content. So never before played, never before seen. Um, Like the level is different. And they added original content to these classic levels to kind of flesh out the experience and give players something new to try out, which I thought was really cool. Um, There are bonus stages and special stages. Um, And there's also a time attack mode, which the best part about the time attack mode, if you are a person that really likes leaderboards and you know that you have to like quit and restart, quit and restart until you get that perfect time, they've added in a button press. So you merely just press one button and it immediately takes you back and loads you right in. There's like no wait. There's no loading screen. You don't have to hit quit. Is it like an easily accessible button that you could accidentally hit? Well, I was playing on an Xbox controller, so it was the Y button. So yes, it was very easy. So so you just hit the Y button and then you start the beginning of the level and you can start your time trial over again. No, I have done a lot of games where if you don't get it perfect, you have to quit and start from the beginning. And I've never had a game that allowed me to jump right back to the beginning and start over again. It's I can see myself doing this over and over and over again (laughs) to get the to get the highest score because leaderboards are a thing. Um, So. There are some cool special stages where you play 3D Sonic levels. So it's like this mix of the original 2D art style and the new and the original music. And then you jump into these special levels um, where you play 3D Sonic, which I thought was kind of cool. 
Um, so the people that are making this game, this is kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting story. So it's two developers named Christian Whitehead and Simon Tomley, and then a studio called Pagoda West. So Christian got his start making fan games, and Sega approached him about remastering Sonic, and he rebuilt it one to one. So it's actually a better experience than emulators out there. So a lot of people might be thinking, well, I already have this game. Why do I need to buy it again? Because it's remastered by a fan who makes games on emulators. And he's like, I'm going to make it better because Sega's paying me to. So um, I thought that that was kind of like a neat backstory. And then they um, been working on Sonic. And so his friend, uh, Simon, are both they were both Sonic community guys. And so they got recruited by Sega to kind of put all of the love that they could into this into this game. Hmm. And I thought that that was um, that was kind of neat. So if you guys are curious about how long this is going to be, uh, they told me if you take games like Sonic 3 or Sonic and Knuckles, it's kind of comparable in length to those games. If you are a big Sonic fan and you've played all the games, there are new stages as well. One of the stages I got to play was Mirage Saloon, which was pretty much like a sound. It was very Western. There were cacti everywhere. Cacti. <laughs> cacti. Um, it- it had a really cool art style to it. And then another one was Studiopolis, which was like a Hollywood zone where you got to get like flung into this like popcorn maker and then the popcorn would pop and you would <laughs> pop out of it. Um, it's pretty fun. So Sonic. Sonic. Did so, you make now I have to ask you this question and the answer is probably no for all of you. Did any of you in your childhood make a Sonic OC? No. 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 God damn it. Of when course you did. I don't know what that means. Lived on the mean? internet. Uh, I think. I think what I'm trying to say is you're probably younger than me. I lived on the internet, so <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really have one. But if okay, all of you, anyone, anyone listening to this podcast, go to fucking Google, type in your name, blank the hedgehog, and guaranteed there is some. Oh fan wait, art I looked this. I looked yeah, this up. Those are all Sonic OCs. It's your original Andrea character. the Hedgehog. And like, there's an Alexa the Hedgehog. I found it. Um. But somewhat like, like you make your own Sonic character, and it's just so um, popular. She looks pretty like me. It's pretty great. <laughs> she does with the red. Yeah, Andrea the Hedgehog. There's a bunch. I think these are all Andrea's the Hedgehog. Yeah, and she's pretty so, cute too. Ooh, this one. Everyone, whether oh. you know the, the point of this question was everyone, whether you know it or not, everyone out there in the world, you have your own Sonic OC. You just have to go find them. Yeah. So, Andrea, but like, how did it play? Did you enjoy it? You know, yeah, was it great? It was slick. It was crisp. It was crisp. Sonic. <laughs> it was funny because um, the developers who were showing me the preview were like, "Wow, you're really good at this game. Did you play a lot of Sonic?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah. Didn't everybody?" <laughs> <laughs> I I did tell them that. During the Genesis era, Sonic was really the only game that I played because I was such a diehard Nintendo console girl. At that age, um, I played on Genesis, I played on Game Gear, but I didn't really play a lot of other Sega games. But Sonic, man, my sister and I played that over and over and over again. I mean, obviously the gameplay isn't like super complicated. Mm -hmm. You just have to avoid the spikes, collect the rings, you know, make sure you're (laughs) spinning before you hit enemies. It's not that hard. It's like day-to-day life. life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Day-to-day life. (laughs) Collect the rings, don't hit enemies. Yeah. Don't spin out of control. Exactly. Or or spin out of control and just let it go. Just go with it. So is the co-op mode, is it like the Genesis, like one player plays and the next player plays, or I'm assuming that's how it works, right? So the co-op mode felt... 
it, it was a little like I think the person who gets to play a Sonic is playing, and the person who's the co-op mode is just kind of along for the ride. I mean, um, <laughs> oh, so you guys are playing at the same time. Co-op. Yeah. Tails, oh, Tails is just Tails. like floating alongside. Like, hey, yeah, so up, Tails can pick you up. Uh, yeah. So like if you fall, like Tails can grab you and fly you up to places and make sure you don't drop. And um, Tails will come in when you're not in co-op mode too and, and help rescue you in certain areas. But yeah, I mean, the co-op mode to me, quite frankly, is a little bit of a throwaway. I'm like, I don't really care about co-op. If I was like the second person playing, I wouldn't want to play. It could be fun to like if you're planning to go like, on a mission to like find all the secret areas in each level. Mm-hmm. And you're not worried about going fast. Then that could be a fun way to gotta play go co-op, fast. Gotta go fast, but it's Sonic, yeah. Okay, so can you remind me? Is co-op and Sonic players play at the same time? Is that how it was, or was it like yes. old? Mar- oh, okay, because I was thinking of like Super like Super Mario World, where it's like one person plays. I can't remember. Okay, so that's that yeah, makes sense no, it's then. At the same time, let's yeah. play it. Yeah, so it comes out on August 15th for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch Steimer yeah. for $19.99 <laughs> if you guys are interested. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty decent price point and, you know, you get to relive your childhood if, you, if you're like me or if you have kids, you can show Sonic to them for the first time through fresh eyes. Introduce them to the world of Sonic. So, I mean, that's Sonic. a solid, solid game. Yeah. No, yeah. it's a classic. It's great. Um, Brit. Hello. And Steimer. Yeah. You've been playing Tacoma. You both finished Tacoma. We did. So who wants to who wants to give their impressions? I know there's a lot of narrative, so try to keep it spoiler free. I downloaded it today. I was supposed to start playing it, but then I got bogged down doing laundry like an adult. How long is it? Oh, <laughs> boo. I think I, I spent about four and a half hours on it. I, I didn't time so, myself, but yeah, somewhere around there. Um, Steve Gaynor said that, is it Gaynor or Gaynor? Sorry, Gainer. Steve. You're Gainer? my buddy. You're my buddy, and I should know how to say your name, but Steve. I don't. Uh, yeah, he said uh, two two to six hours. Two is if you're like really speeding through it and you give no fucks. Um, six if you're really really thorough. So uh, if you guys have played Gone Home, you kind of have an idea of how this game kind of works. But this time around, there's some really interesting mechanics with the storytelling. So you'll walk into a room and you just have wireframes of Simer. Is it six, five, six characters? Five to six. Hold on, let me count them in my head. Wonderful. While you're, do- while you're doing that, you have these wireframes of these characters. and Six. Six, okay. And there's a rewind feature. So it's like you walk into a room and it's like, okay, on the bottom there's a bar that's like, okay, this cut scene in front of you takes like place over the span of two minutes and 30 seconds. And then everyone's doing something and you have to watch each individual character do their thing. And gather information of, on what they're doing and then watch the other characters during that same time to figure out what they're doing while the other characters doing their thing. And then the story just kind of comes together. And it's a really interesting way to do storytelling. And I really enjoyed it. Did you like it, Steimer? I did. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it because I actually wasn't like I didn't love Gone Home. I didn't hate Gone Home, but it was just like, OK, that was a story I played. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually liked Tacoma a lot. Number one, I, I, I agree, Britt. Like, I liked the way they kind of mixed up their storytelling where you have to go find the other other pieces of the puzzle. Um, there's, uh, I just thought the space station was cool. The story they told was cool, which obviously mm-hmm. I can't talk about. Um, and I liked the characters a lot. I liked, I cared about these characters way more than I cared about anybody in Gone Home. Oh, yeah. Um, and... So, yeah, technically there's six characters plus Odin, the AI, so seven. Mm, I don't know if you want to count Odin as its own. So, uh, 
and yeah, they were all they all got fully fleshed out. They all had their own little thing going on in the background, but it also sort of connected to the story somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought they did a really nice job. Um, I went back through to try and I was like, I think I'm going to actually get all of the achievements in this game. Uh, some of them are quite hard. <laughs> I just want to put that out That's there. That's what she said, Pillow, Alexa. Oh, yeah. Thank you. But this is not going to be an easy thousand <laughs> chivos um, by any means. Maybe no, easy once um, once there's a guide up, but so I think I'm. I mean, I've I played a little bit of this game at GDC earlier this year at the ID at Xbox Lounge, but I I'm still a little bit confused about what this game is, what the gameplay is. Can you kind of walk us through, like for people out there who are still kind of scratching their heads, going, but like, what is this game? It's a walking simulator. I mean, it is like, but I mean, or floating, I guess, because you're in zero gravity sometimes, but. Um, floating slash walking, but there are, it's more interactive than I would say Gone Home was. Would you agree with that, Britt? Absolutely. Or maybe it just feels that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there are certain things like there are, I'll call them very light puzzles. Like you need to figure out, you need to unlock certain codes to open things, but you figure that out because you can see which keys they're pushing, um, or you find a key somewhere. Like, so there's a little bit of, if you want to actually dig into the story more, there's light puzzling for you i wouldn't call it difficult by any means um but if you do like brit said want to just kind of walk through everything you don't have to really engage with that stuff right okay so what did you guys think of this world like was it engaging was it something that you were like wow because with walking simulators generally like the idea is that it's a really like um a really compelling narrative or the world is really beautiful because there's no gameplay to kind of prop it up that if you're walking through it like what you're walking through has to be like pretty awesome did you did you feel like Tacoma really had a unique setting yeah uh for me I don't know the setting was unique but it was more about discovering the relationships between these characters because you're just suddenly thrown on this station and you have no idea the player has no idea why you're there what you're doing and you're just kind of thrown into the fray. So for me, it was a cool setting, but I was very invested in these characters, like Steimer said earlier, very well fleshed out. Um, Fulbright is very, very good at that. Props to you guys. Um, but for me, like, I don't know if any of you have heard of this game. It was back in, like, the 90s called, like, Rocket's New School. Anyone? No. no. Damn it. Okay, it's terrible. It's an awful game, but it's one <laughs> It's one of those is games... This like the Unicorn Pony one that you were talking about last time? No, no, no. This was a PC game uh, by Purple Moon, I think was the name of it. Anyway, what I love about it is that you're in, in Rocket's New School, you're thrown into a school and you get to snoop and uncover story. It's like a walking simulator without the, the walking. And so in Tacoma... You walk into a room and there's tons of things you can look at. Like for me, it's all about exploration. And so I can talk to people. I mean, I can listen to conversations. I can eavesdrop. I took like two pages of notes. I wrote down all of the codes. I'm like, okay, these are the relationships between these characters. So it's kind of the game is what you make of it. Like for me, I have a full understanding of the story and what happened and who was who. That's because I spent four and a half hours paying attention to every detail, turning over every notebook that I found. So if you're into like discovering story and all that kind of stuff, like it's really, really interesting and really engaging. But if you want like a fast paced, well, oh, not, not here, not at all. Obviously yeah. it's a walking simulator, but <laughs> they also, um, I thought did something more interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, with the main character this time around. And I'm not going to say, I won't spoil anything, but um, your character has a bit more personality than not a lot, not a lot. Don't expect a ton here, but there is more than I felt 
and gone home. Um, more, And then there's also, like, you're not really sure what kind of a person you are, you know? Like, uh, it's hard, too mean? hard to say without, it's too hard to say without spoiling anything. Like, but, a, like a good or a bad person, or? It's, you're, yeah, I, <laughs> essentially. Or are you just kind of trying to, not, not good or bad, but. So it's hard. To, I don't okay. want to say anything without it's, like. It, it, yeah, like, yeah. You know? It's it's hard to debate this without going uh, into spoilers. But I don't know if I would agree with you on that, Steinberg. Maybe we can talk about this off uh, off the podcast. Yeah, on which about, on which, which yeah. part? How about mean? Alexa and I will will play? Yes, and then we can maybe do like a like a spoiler cast. Yes, and yes. Can, like let's do that. I set aside my weekend so I could play it. I started it. I worked through the weekend, so I didn't get a chance to touch it. But I am excited to play it. And hearing you guys talk about it makes me very excited to dig into. Good. It it's worth your time. Promise. Good. 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 Excellent. Wonderful. GG Fulbright. GG. Um, <laughs> Alexa Ray. Hi. I see here <laughs> in the notes, in the show notes, she wrote down Fire Emblem Hero Super Summer Skank update. LOL Summer Skank. That was, that, that was from, from that was I had a comment. Um, has, what, <laughs> what's the super summer skank update what's going on is that so the official I worked, name I, as i just said i worked through the weekend i'm on like work day nine right now um so i didn't get a lot of time to really play anything i did tinker with splatoon 2 i want a little more time with it before i say something about it uh, i'm assuming we all do um but in between whatever's i have my telephone on which i have fire emblem heroes <laughs> so i I fi- okay, so I I find I went back in. I, I had like I had like eighty orbs that I had, which is how you you it's five orbs to summon a character. So I had eighty orbs that I'd stocked up for the past like however many months from just logging in, getting my daily bon- bonus, and doing like a couple maps. So I did it. I went to do a summon, and there's different groups of characters you can summon from, and I always do one from each group. So I finally got two rare characters. Neither one is my husbando, Aww. but I'm very excited. I got a five-star Robin and a five-star Lady Corrin. So uh, Robin and Corrin being the main characters from Fire Emblem Awakening and Fates. So I am flipping through, and I notice there's like a summer costume update. And I open it to look at the summer costumes, and this game, I've already called it a horny casino. <laughs> But I looked at these costumes and I just, Nintendo, this is like the dirtiest I've ever seen anything with Nintendo's name attached to it. Do tell. Now I have to Google this. There is a character who, so she's in a bikini and she's, she's got, she's, it's a character from another game who wears like a nice dress, but she's in this tiny little bikini with her titties out holding a watermelon for scale and they're all the same size. (laughs) Oh dear, um, she's gonna have back problems. What's the name of the skin pack? Uh, it's so there's uh, just just write summer, summer write summer skank update because there's two. They made two sets of characters. One from Fire Emblem. Here we go with the with the watermelon. The one she from, is indeed holding a watermelon. One from Fire Emblem Fates and one from Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh yeah, uh, I know it's I know uh, it's kind of uh, far uh, away. Uh, and then there's uh, uh, one of my husbandos from Fire Emblem Fates is in this like tiny little box, tiny little boxer shorts with just like full rippling chest out. And I 
I see husbandos in lengthy those are, those boxer are skinny, shorts. Those are skinny husbandos. Uh, the beefy husbandos <laughs> are the ones that I probably like. The beefy husbandos. Um, skinny husbandos are great, but I like big broad guys. Hey, um, it's okay. Everyone has their personal preference. And I and I and I of course blew all of my orbs trying to get one of these sexy characters and got none of them <laughs> so we're back to square one um they basically so gameplay wise they just added new maps each with a different objective you have to complete it with all four characters you have to complete it in six turns um they're pretty pretty nice i like when they have objectives and a lot of these um a lot of these yeah that's cool. who wears a garter belt to the beach here's the thing Alexa Ray, <laughs> you don't play know. a lot of Japanese games. I do. You watch anime. Am I surprised? Why is this shocking to you? Because I didn't. Okay. No, I mean, I'm not <laughs> trying to put you. I mean, I am putting you on the spot, but like I have always kind of been a little turned off by some of these Japanese characters. And then, you know, the mob on the Internet is like, this is the way that Japan does their art. So, just let them have it. And I'm like, OK, cool. I just won't play these games. And you guys have your game and you, you know, can watch, you know, Dead or Alive volleyball and whatever. And so, I will, you know, play something <laughs> else. So I but as somebody who plays a lot of these games, like I don't understand why the girl why with the watermelon surprised? is so shocking to so you. So here's the thing. One, it's Nintendo. It's a Nintendo property. It's an it's an it's a Nintendo first party IP with all these damn titties hanging out. Two, <laughs> two. It is it is further proof, and I'm still I don't know why I'm still like shocked slashed over the moon about this. But back in Fire Emblem Awakening, which was the was supposed to be the last Fire Emblem, which was the latest fire the latest Fire Emblem a couple of years ago before fates, they had one character Darja who was kind of super duper sexy and the fandom kind of latched onto her as like, Oh, they gave us one really sexy character and she became like a fan favorite. And then I guess the developers and Nintendo listened and were like, well, all these freaking fire emblem fans are so damn horny. Let's just give them more in fire emblem fates. They have that, like they have it in dialogue. They have some like a little bit raunchy, a little bit like raunchy dialogue, but just to open a game that opens with a Nintendo logo and see all of these like super, super scantily had characters. Fire Emblem has gone full anime and those developers are now developing for us. They're not developing cool strategy games. They're developing horny ass casinos because we've ruined it or made it better. I don't know. But as someone who's really into this shit, I just like, like wait, 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 which part are you into? Yeah. Both. <laughs> I, so I've, I've played, I've played almost every Fire Emblem game. I came to that series back when it was like tiny little pixels with not much. You know, you had to use your imagination. I came to that game because I really like the strategy and I really love that kind of uh, like weapons, tactical class based stuff. And that's what brought me to it. And then I guess I became a horny adult, and now this is what I play them for: horny casinos. So I play and the like Summer you. Skank there are other people who are no, also are, horny adults. There. You're out there. You listen to this podcast. We're out there. Like. But I just, I was just completely shocked to see so many naked, half naked people. Oh. They're not even half naked. They're like 90% Mostly naked. naked. Oh, like, man. I, I, yeah. I approve of this message. It's how the good like, Lord made you. It's That's like the, fine. The, like the bare bits are covered it's in these just, costumes. It's just like, like, yeah, like Nintendo is a Japanese developer and they have anime-ish stuff. But like, you'll never see Zelda in a bikini holding a watermelon. I mean, I'm sure that exists somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Someone's made or, that. Or like, you're never going to see like a sexy Pikmin. 
Oh so, God! But we, we have don't a think sexy we need link. That. So this is the this is the the thing we get. So I played the update in between all my stuff all weekend. I like the maps; they're really challenging. Um, I like that they're so different. the gameplay was good. Yeah, they're they are different <laughs> from different from the normal uh, the normal ones. And a lot of the other char- the characters in this scantily clad whatever have like a different attack or a different stat or whatever. So it's a new challenge gameplay wise, and I enjoyed that. Uh, also. A lot of really nicely, nicely shadowed body parts. I don't know what this is. I don't is know. Is that I'm like a bum or is that, are the, are those boobs? What is I this? I did like a lot. I had nothing to shape She's making like that. a, a curve butts, motion butts with her hand. This is. That looks, I don't know what that is either. A lot of good butts. So butts. A lot of good butts. <laughs> like you're like, cupping, like you want to cup somebody's butts. butt. Grab I go at butt. butts this way. I don't know if you go under. I go side. I guess it depends on the butt. Yeah. Side. If there's a lot a of point. butt, you can okay, go under. If there's not a lot of butt, you got to go straight <laughs> out. <laughs> now you're sweaty after talking about <laughs> no, the horny like, casino. No, like, it's just like I, I'm just so mystified and like excited that like these developers, uh, developers of this kind of this kind of game specifically, also a Nintendo property, listening to their community, and their community is all just like super horny. So do thanks, you th- Nintendo. Do you think that we'll see more horny uh, configurations of characters now in future Nintendo properties? Because oh my god, <laughs> if that Switch Fire Emblem isn't just like. <laughs> like all like all like happy trails and cleavage like i don't know happy trails i don't i don't know like i it's it's they're 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 Do japanese characters have body hair though i was about uh, to say you need sometimes. hair to have a bo- to have a happy trail on their face, <laughs> on their face on only their face. there's some nice there's some nice uh some nice beards in fire emblem echoes that I really <laughs> yeah who's the muscly guy in final fantasy ignis gladio 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 he had facial hair too, didn't he that's not a he same, had very like nicely that. animated facial hair. Like that game, like made stubble look real good. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, <laughs> if you want to get uh, you know some summer skank going in your life, join me in my horny casino. Heroes, <laughs> I'm going to buy you orbs for your birthday, Alexa. Actual orbs, but then Actual orbs. Where? What store do I take them to, and what do I trade them for? I don't because know. they're random. So I could oh. get like some. Like sometimes you you do a character draw and like you get like a child, like oh. an actual child, but so a clothed, like, a clothed, a completely child, clothed right? child. Only I have to have to caveat only the like adult or a, more adult characters have this done to them. <laughs> but there are actual children, like there are small people, mages and stuff like that. So um, I wouldn't want to randomly trade some orbs and get a child. Well, <laughs> that would be. A- We'll have to do no. some praying to RN Jesus, <laughs> as Steimer likes to R-N say. RN Jesus. Yes. Um, all right, ladies, we got to wrap this segment up and move on to our last one. I know uh, some of us have put a little bit of time into Pyre, but I think it might be better if we hold the Pyre discussion until next week, unless you have like some burning things to say, because this segment has gone Pyre. on very long. I guess I can wait till next week. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sad about it? You want you want a few minutes? Nah, that's okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just thinking about working with all girls. They're all nice. They're like, no, it's fine. (laughs) Then she's gonna later be like, God damn it, Andrew didn't let me talk about my day. I just need to remember. I need to just remember that I didn't talk about it this week, so that I do talk about it next week. I'll put it in the show notes for next week. Don't you worry. I did play a bunch of it. I just didn't put it down because I wanted to talk about my horny casino. Well, so we'll I'll talk about, about it next week. John Platinum, <laughs> Platinum did, so wow. I need to catch up. 
Yeah, he like powered through it. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our hands on impressions. We will be right back on the other side of this short break with some more goodness for you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You have an important message to kick off this block. I do. And it's from one of our sponsors, Take This. So, did you guys know that one in four people in America deals with mental health issues? I do now because I mean, we've been talking we've, about it. But I was about to say, we've said it, we've said it a few times on this podcast, so I'm high. hoping you all know by yeah. now. Um, but that's a big portion of the population, 25%. And... Although a lot of people, um, they don't want to talk about it. There's a big stigma on mental health issues. And talking about it, though, is a really good way to work through them. I'm a big fan of therapy. I think everybody should go. Not just the 25% who suffer from mental health issues. Um, but it makes, you know, the stigma of it makes people feel like they have to suffer in silence. And that's not, not a great feeling. So Take This helps by letting people know that it's okay to not be okay and that there's help. So you can visit TakeThis.org for stories for more people like you. And you can get advice from mental health care experts and tips for how to help people you love who might be struggling. Uh, so Take This. It's dangerous to go alone. Mm. Thank you we so love much, the folks Take This. Over at take this. We um, do. We're going to be doing something special with them at PAX West. Yeah. We're still working out the details, but we're really uh, excited to be working with them. And, you know, I've gotten a couple of emails at our What's Good Games account. That's contact at whatsgoodgames.com about people who have reached out to specifically about Take This and said Yay. how, you know, great it was for us to be talking about mental health and how it's really helped them. And uh, we love hearing those stories. So if you guys ever have stories you'd like to share with us, please do reach out and, you know, let us know. We would love to hear from you. So thank you so much for all that info, Steimer. You're very welcome. All right, so this week in our grab bag third segment of the show, we decided to answer a dilemma, if you will. Reader mail. So a couple of you, maybe even more than a couple, Brit, I mean, we've gotten this several times. We now, have. Right? Yes, we have on the social medias at twitter.com slash what's good underscore games. So this is an interesting one. Now, hit me. You have the power. To bring back one defunct video game series, but it guarantees another will end forever. Hmm. What are the two series that you pick? I have some questions. Okay. The series you pick and the series that gets banished goodbye forever. Mm -hmm. are they is it something where it's like the series you pick banishes another game in the same genre or can it be literally any game out there because of course we're all going to pick a series that we don't give a flip about or is it locked into like i pick a jrpg i want to come back i have to give up like something forever i think in order to make this mean something it has to be a game that you like right because oh, if it's if you just pick some <laughs> random series that you've never played or that got really terrible review scores, then that kind of defeats the purpose of having to make this choice, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to pick a series that you love 
to go away forever in order to sacrifice itself for the thing that you desperately want back. I think we have, have to make that caveat. I have another question because so the current series that we are banishing, what is the time period that we're going for that it has to have had a game come out? Does that make sense? Mm. Like how oh, current, yeah, I think it has know, to have had at least one ongoing full release. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, like, does it have? Would the game have to have come out in the past three years? Like, had a current um, iteration of it in the past five years? Four you mean years? The game you're bringing the back? Game, the game we're banishing. I think mm, it's because like otherwise a, you could be like series. this game that was a series, but technically it hasn't had a new one for a while. It's not done, but you know what I'm saying. Well, well, a series that's think, not done. No, but I think the idea is maybe Britt, you can help put the qualifiers oh on God. this as somebody yeah. who likes to play old series. I mean, <laughs> second dig. No, it's not digging. It's a it's a it's a appreciation of the history of the this medium that we all love, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like that I have an NES Classic Edition and I can go back and play the original Super Mario Brothers. But if so I picked that to be gone forever, just because there hasn't been a new Super Mario Brothers in what a couple of years was the last like Super Mario's on Wii U, mm. right? Yeah. Sure. The, yeah. Like, yeah. Just because yeah, yeah. it hasn't come out recently, you know, they, just because it hasn't come out recently right. doesn't mean that I wouldn't be sad to see that franchise go. But it's right? an ongoing. Like we know, there's more Mario games in the works, right? So right. I, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. To make this meaningful, you have to give up something for some. You have to, yeah, give up something that you care about. I can't okay. English today, so. Hmm. I thought long and hard about this. Did you? I did when I was doing my makeup today. I was kind of struggling. I would like forget like what step I was on, like my my eyeshadow, and because I was preoccupied. Um, so, like I said, this was a very hard decision. But in order to get Earthbound back, assuming we could get all the original crew, even though I know that would not happen, Itoi has already said he's done. Alexa, did I say that right? Itoi, it's it I T O I. Toy, yeah. It's toy, okay. Not- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, give him back and get the Marcus Lindblom, the original translator. I would give up Final Fantasy. Whoa. What the fuck, Chris? Well, here's here here's the scoop, and, and it's you not an easy. Well, is it though? Because I feel like we're at Final Fantasy 15. Final Fantasy has a, has had a fantastic run. Final Fantasy 15, in my opinion, was great. I loved it. Um, but, you know, I think I've played enough Final Fantasy in my day that I would be okay if the series ended. Now, if Final Fantasy 16 comes out, I will play the shit out of it and I'll be very happy to do so. But in order to get Earthbound back, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Now, that's not even to say that Earthbound would even work in today's day and age. But if there's someone that could do it, it would be the original crew. So that, that is my, this isn't really a Mary Boff kill, but that is my resurrection and death sentence. Wow. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Britt throwing the gauntlet down. I'm sorry. This Alexa. is a tough one. Okay. <laughs> Are you mad? No, I'm thinking. My original thought was like, I'll get rid of a fighting game, but that wouldn't have any meaning. So I had to pick up yeah, something. Yeah. Now I'm trying to, because I had originally been like, oh, if it's a franchise, it do- that doesn't matter to me. Who cares? But now that it has to mean something, it does. I'm like, wait, what do I care about? <laughs> <laughs> Viva Pinata! Viva Pinata! What would you do defunct. for Viva Pinata, Steimer? What would you give up? Would you give up The Witcher? What would you do for a Viva Pinata? Um, <laughs> <laughs> would I give up Witcher? I mean, Witcher's already kind of done, so that's true. That's not a fair statement. That's true. Um, 
Mm. Dra- yeah. Dragon Age? No, I wouldn't give up Dragon Age. I like my husbandos too much. <laughs> <laughs> Mass Effect. Mass Effect. The, the Mass Effect's the weird one because it's like, which one does it go under? Is it defunct now? Like Because they said they Aww. are kind of putting it on pause for a while. Um, so I'm not sure which category it would even fall into. I'm sure they'll make another one eventually, but I don't know when that will be. You know? Yeah? Mm. Mm. It's hard. She's hard. trying to feed you some bait No, I know. Here. She's she's doing she's doing good things. I just happen to have counter arguments for all of them. <laughs> This isn't supposed to be an easy decision, Steimer. I know, that's why yeah, it's not. Um and I don't even know that it would be I mean, I love Viva Pinata. I love the crap out of that game. But I think I would probably prefer actually seeing another quest for glory mm-hmm. uh now that team is technically working on a game it's just not related to that original series they're working on a game called hero U, which is completely different world completely different characters um so i mean maybe that will still satisfy that itch anyway it's hard to say but even if it doesn't i i love quest for glory it's my, it's my favorite so i would Hmm, what would I give up for that? <laughs> what would you do what for I, a quest for glory? What would I do for a quest for... I might give up Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata could yeah, never come back. Viva Pinata's been gone for a while. I know, it's, it's not true. a real thing. Crap, Viva Pinata is Viva Goodbye. Oh, poor Pinata. Okay, so... Bye forever. I'm trying to think of what I like. So if you're going to give up quest, of, quest for glory, you have to give up something in another genre, obviously. So what right, about... there's no adventure games anymore. What about, like, if Horizon was supposed to be, like, a franchise? or Would you give up Horizon? If you can't pick a game, then you have to give up all of your husbandos. Yeah. <gasps> That's a terrible... Every trait. single one. You're so mean, Alexa. Okay, so I'm, so I'm, wanna, I'm confused Alexa, about what you, what you want to you... bring back and what you want to give up at this point. So I want to bring back. Let's make Quest some definitive choices. Quest for Glory, original team, come back, make another game in that franchise. Um, because I said that they're, they're they are making another game. It's just not the same universe. Um, but I don't care. I want more. Quest what for about Glory. Red Dead Redemption? Oh, I just got mine. I would give up Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of that Shadow series. No. I 100%ed the first game, so I liked this game a lot. But I would be willing to give it up if I could get another Quest for Glory. Okay. I would not give All up right. Red Dead Redemption. Well, you can't really give it up. Red Dead 2 isn't even out yet. No, I know, but Brit threw that out could. there. I was like... You could no. kill it off forever. If the Rockstar is like canceling this because Steimer wants Quest for Glory. But what if they made like a Quest for Glory in like the style of Red Dead Redemption? I would play the <laughs> shit out of that. Andrea, it's actually that was a really, really weird good idea. <laughs> what are your games? What? Me? Well, uh, you. I said me. You? But you can go. You can go first. Okay. So I've been like real wishy washy on this. It's been, a, this is a tough. This is a tough question, but, and I'm going to have to do a little bit of explaining, but the game that I want brought back, taken away too soon, a game I had so much fun with, and even now I'm thinking about booting up my 360 to play, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Ah. Oh. This game was fantastic. 
it was stolen away by the state of what it was a Rhode state Island. Of Rhode Island. Curse Kurt you, Rhode Schilling. Island. <laughs> I don't know if it was stolen by the state of Rhode Island so much as the poor management. No, of listen, they a made business. some mistakes. No, look, the state of Rhode Island made some mistakes. They did. But the mistake that they didn't make was making a very compelling RPG. And this was special to me in a specific way because I didn't get into this type of RPG until much later in my life. Like, I really enjoy them now. But the 360 was a special console generation for me because I had taken a really long time away from games when I was in college. Um, I kind of really... I had my PS2 in the dorms and that was really like the last... A uh, little bit of gaming that I played, like Vice City, and then I was playing, you know, stuff on my N sixty four cell. But I completely skipped Xbox, the original Xbox. Completely skipped it. Didn't play Halo originally. Obviously, gone back and played. But um, so when three sixty came along, it really was when right before I started to get into video games media. It was when I was working as an entertainment journalist in Los Angeles. And so a lot of the games that I played in that era really brought me into genres or types of games that I'd never played before. And Kingdoms of Amalur just kind of like hit me in a way that I was unexpected. I I didn't expect to like that game going into it. And I was so surprised by how excellent it was. And I don't know why I was surprised, mostly because I hadn't played anything from that studio because they hadn't put anything out before, had they? I don't know. They were funded by the state Uh, of Rhode Island. Who made made the RPG, though? Because it wasn't the same team. They kind of like like grabbed it and then worked on it it from another studio. Uh, Because most of the Rhode Island team was working on the MMO that never saw the light of day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Project Copernicus. Mm -hmm. Guess what, guys? It's really expensive to make an MMO. Who knew? So EA published it. Um, it was developed by Big Huge Games and 38 Studios. Gotcha. And Electronic Arts published it. Mm. So, um, okay. I want that game to come back. I think it deserves another chance. I think it would be excellent, especially now with the way technology has advanced. I think it could be epic. So what In would you exchange... Give Dun dun dun! I could never play Rock Band again. Holy oh. shit! For you, that's like very per- ah ugh. yeah. So Ooh. this is super personal. Um, Rock Band is how I met my husband. It was the game Rock Band and Guitar Hero combined were the games that kind of got me back into video games. When I was talking about the getting back in during the 360 era, like at the beginning of that era, Rock Band and Guitar Hero are really the games that kind of shepherded me back in. I have two rock band guitars mounted on the wall of the studio um and i was in a rock band reality show like like rock band means a lot to me as a gamer mm-hmm. but i think i'm ready to say hey we had a good run we had a lot of good memories together um i'm always going to keep the, my guitar i'm never getting rid of it the drums are long gone sorry um <laughs> but I think I, I think I would be ready to say goodbye and, and ready to say, hey, you know, it's it's time for to put you to bed and to go to sleep. But when did the last rock band even come out? Like a it year ago. A year ago. A year ago? Yeah. But do you rock think they're four. really going to make any more? Did it sell well? Um, no. You know, I didn't think Rock Band 4 was ever going to come out. I never thought I that Harmonic either. was going to make surprised. another rock band. I didn't think Guitar Hero was going to come back either. And then they did. So I have no idea if they're going to make more rock band or not. I mean, they're still releasing DLC. They're still releasing songs and stuff, so they're clearly servicing an audience. They had Rock Band VR come out last year. Mm. 
you know? So you would kill off Rock Band and yeah, never say, play it again? I'd say put a fork in it. It's done forever. A fork? I think a lot or of people guitar say that. <laughs> or guitar pick. Put a pick yeah, in it. I think I would do. I think done. that's what I would do. Okay, Alexa. Wow. Pressure's on. I would trade Suikoden for The Legend of Zelda. Oh! What? Wait, wow. you're telling me. Oh, I see you said that one. <laughs> okay, look. <laughs> okay, look. Suikoden, one of the greatest classic old RPG series ever made. You can have like hundreds of companions. You can build your armies. Those games were so good. Suikoden 2, still one of my favorite games ever. Legend of Zelda means a lot to me. It was it was uh, one of the after the Kingdom Hearts debacle with my family. It was the first series that I played with my family, and it was the first series that I kind of fell outside of. I mean, Kingdom Hearts. I'm going to put it away because I'm greedy and I don't want anyone to touch it. Um, <laughs> but it was the first series that I really fell into that lore hole, like the timeline. I have, you know, 100% completed almost all of them. I had to find every secret. I know my way around some of those older games like the back of my hand. I love those games. And I play them with my friends, and they mean a lot to me. And I've forged a lot of special relationships through meeting people that also like The Legend of Zelda. One of my uh, best friends who's coming to visit next week, she and I met when she was cosplaying Link, and we bonded over a mutual love of how Twilight Princess is super underrated. So means a lot to me. I love Breath of the Wild. I love it. I think it's a great game. And a lot of people said, okay, this is a great direction for the series to go into, making it open world, making it this big place that you can explore. But I historically don't do well with open worlds because I'm like super obsessive compulsive and I get overwhelmed and lost when there are so many objectives before me and so much I could be doing. Um, Without that task list, I kind of get a little discombobulated. And what I loved about previous Zelda games was you had that tax that task list. Go to the area, get the relic by going through the temple, like beat the boss, save the princess. Like there was it was a formula that worked, and every story in The Legend of Zelda, I think, had some major draw to it because it followed that formula, but it was never the same. And I feel, you know, an emotional connect emotional connection with side characters like Midna and with you know, I'm fascinated by little characters like Tingle. Like, I feel like all of these worlds presented me a story. And that's why I come to games. I come to games for a story. And Breath of the Wild, having just beat Ganon a couple of days ago and wrapping up the main narrative of Breath of the Wild, I really like that game. But I don't know that I'm going to go back into it now that I've completed the main story. Because I feel like it was, without ruining anything, anticlimactic compared to other games. And I feel like the way that that story ended made me feel like Zelda and Link were done. And I mean like done, done, like done, done, done. All of them, Zelda, Link, Ganon, done. And if they announced tomorrow that they were making another Legend of Zelda, I would genuinely in my heart of hearts be like, but why though? I feel like you did everything. And you made a Zelda game that was not really a Zelda game that like, did well with a lot of people and brought, you know, a lot of new players in and people that wouldn't necessarily pick up a Zelda game because those were, you know, a little more linear. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't my kind of Zelda game, even though I freaking loved it. So if I could bring Suikoden back, for, even if it was just for one more go, I would give you Zelda forever because I feel like Zelda 
would be going out on a really poignant, really good note. And it would be gone in a very poetic way. So I think you made a really good argument as to why retire Zelda, but why bring this specific game back? Because I like it. Sell me on it. I don't know this game. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give me that look. What? Because I like it. How no, many like, husbands are like, in it? What's so Suikoden. great about the game? It's Suikoden. Then, no, that's that's not an ex- explanation. It's Suikoden. But I don't know what that is. It's Suikoden. Brittany, you played Suikoden. Uh, I played Suikoden. I've never said Suikoden. I've been totally butchering Suikoden. it. I've been saying uh, I'm, I'm not. Don't laugh at me, Alexa Ray. Um, honestly, the last time and the only time I've ever played a game in this series was about 10 years ago, and it was Suikoden 2. Um, well, those games are like a bazillion years old, so it's about time for you to pick them up. Uh, yep, that's uh, this is this is this is a I long running joke. <laughs> no, I, I I take it and I love it. Uh, Alexa, is is it the 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 recruiting of all of the characters? Is like that something you love about it? Yeah, I mean that's why I like Fire Emblem because right. you can recruit your giant army of horny people. But like, I love that you can you can build your army. All those characters are different. The story was okay, but I really loved the challenges and the strategy that it presented you. I think it's one of the better crafted RPG series of all time. And I feel that way about Dark Cloud. And I know you feel that way about Dark Cloud, too. It's so, so, un- yeah. Tongue out What was that everything. face that you just made? That was the oh face gosh. of lust and need so and want. So we are... We have, like, yeah, Final Fantasy XV was great, but, like, thinking back to, like, the old era of, like, RPGs and series that fell off are the series that didn't adapt with the times to the modern audience because the modern audience is a bunch of babies that wants everything to be easier and they want to have boy bands and mech suits and multiplayer. So, I love Final Fantasy. I'm going to play the shit out of the multiplayer this weekend. Don't freaking listen to me. Um, So said a whole day for it. And a bottle of wine for it. Um... But Suikoden is one of the better executed series of the past, and I think it deserves to come back. And I am choosing Suikoden over one of my favorite JRPGs of all time, Valkyrie Profile. This crazy, like, uh, it, it was made by Enix before they merged, before Square Enix became Square Enix. And it's a stupid game where you play as a Valkyrie and you recruit hordes of people in weird situations. But you didn't choose to it. come fight with you. But I didn't choose it because I feel like that was a one-off game and they made two others and they were not that great. Um, but I am choosing Suikoden. I would like it. I would, I would give a lot to see another one in that series because I feel like it, 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 now that we have this resurgence of like people that are like, oh, we missed the, we're looking backwards into the past. I mean, like, Brittany, (laughs) you're playing a bunch of old games. We are looking, they're releasing, Nintendo's releasing the NES classic and the SNES classic. We're all looking back into the past. And I feel like now would be a perfect time for that game to have a resurgence. Yeah. I think that would be nice. I would like more Disney games, a la the old school ones, but for some of the newer franchises. You mean like Aladdin? Yeah, but like, like Aladdin, Moana, but like Moana, yeah, Aladdin Frozen. And a Moana skin would be awesome, or like Frozen. And Frozen, where you're like, yeah. If they made a Frozen game for console, it Goodbye. would kill. I know the the mobile game was really popular for a long yeah. time, or like a Tangled one where you have like you use your hair to solve puzzles <gasps> and stuff, or like whip people with it. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I wasn't gonna go there, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> You'll talk about horny oh casinos, gosh. but you won't talk about whipping people with hair. I have to draw a line somewhere. I whip my hair back and forth. Hair whips. I whip my hair, hair back whips. and forth. Talking hats. Yeah. I got a line. 
got a very it's a weird line it's a weird zigzag line but it's fair folks it's your line alexa that's what matters my line but yeah oh god now i feel all like oily and weird very enlightening (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i drank that wine way too quickly (laughs) i mean you really did but that's okay i'm writing that down to be your shepherd of wine my wine sherpa exactly to um, give up something because I want I want to fulfill this Disney thing because it doesn't count if you just what would say you give up you would want it back what I would give up um I I'm I w- now I'm gonna just bank on the fact that they will again one day make a Mass Effect game I might give up Mass Effect for those I think they would be really good nope mm. Steimer we're not friends anymore but you Sorry. can't bang anyone in Disney <laughs> but I still got Dragon Age to bang nobody people in Disney with. bangs. I don't need banging. Oh, I like old school platforming. Wait, did you just say you don't need banging? I don't. Mrs. Husbandos? Everybody, <laughs> no. Alexa oh my was God, That's your t-shirt. Mrs. Husbandos. <laughs> <laughs> that's your shirt, Alexa. No, that's your shirt. My Horty Casino. <laughs> <laughs> How about it says Mr. Husbandos on the front and Horty Casino on the back? Perfect. We're terrible. Ship it. The inside Ship jokes, it. everybody. Ship it. Um, this has been this has been an interesting conversation. Um, oh, I we thank you guys for for writing in. This has been one that we stood. So we did do a video on Facebook where we answered what's a, a series that we'd like brought back, but it didn't have the caveat of we had to send something to die. So this has been an exercise in yeah. sadness a little bit. Send us, send us more questions. These are fun. Send us more questions. Um, but we love it when you guys take part in the show and. Um, you can email us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com. You can leave us a comment on patreon.com slash whatsgoodgames. You can tweet to us at whatsgood underscore games. You can go to our Facebook fan page, What's Good Games. And you can also leave comments on Instagram photos, which is kind of weird, but you could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, <laughs> What's Good Game official. So if you guys are watching the video, you can see all of our social links at the bottom of the the graphic here. And for everybody listening... Um, I know I say this every week and I kind of sound like a broken record, but it really would mean a lot to us and help us out a lot if you could leave us a review, whether it's on Google Play or iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever other podcast platform you're listening to this show on. If you could give us a rating, leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. And if you guys don't watch a certain platform, even if you went over to that platform and subscribed, that would help us out too. And we would really appreciate that as well. Um, you know, we're trying to grow grow this this little baby that we've birthed. We gotta into grow the world. this bee. And help us we out. would love for you to be part of that. And um, you know, we had a really great time with our patrons last week on our private streams and we hope more of you want to get involved in those. And those streams are so fun. Those streams yeah. are the highlight of my month. Because everyone, like, we're in rare form, but everyone is just so super fun. So if you want in on the fun and your FOMO is eating away at you. <laughs> we have some some pretty cool um, exclusive videos and stuff coming. Oh, we do. <laughs> oh, I boy. I edit them, but. I just remembered what this month's was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, and Steimer is designing this month's exclusive postcard. <gasps> you are? Yes. I am. Technically, be great. I designed it. Come on. You didn't guess you if did. you want to put it, it that way. That's true. <laughs> I re-photoshopped it. Hey! So it looks nicer. <laughs> Perfection does not need Photoshop. It was a team effort is what Steimer is trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
That is the kinder um, way of saying it. For, you know, like I felt really bad that I had that big editing or that big production goof where I accidentally did record our video for the show one week. It was the best goof. But now because of that, look at the amazing content that Britt created to help cover up my terrible, terrible mistake, Britt. And you credited a fan instead of her. Cyber, you don't have to call me out like that. It was an accident. Okay, to be fair, the fan took a still of my MS Paint beautiful, incredible work and posted it as a comment. So it looked like the fan had done it. I do not fault ye, Andrea, Renee. Thank it was just you. funny. And I tried to recover in a comedic way on Twitter, and I think I did an okay job, and now Steimer's just totally throwing me under the bus. Well, I, gotta, I gotta blow things up to divert attention from myself. <laughs> we all make mistakes, but your mistake just happened to be incredibly entertaining. And Brent totally got me fine. this Cat NATO shirt, you guys. It's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. It's an excellent shirt. There's cats in a tornado on it. Catnado. Catnado. It's time where you got to think of a theme song. Catnado. <laughs> You'll That's get like caught up in the Catnado. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Amazing. Great. Okay. It's okay. time to wrap this up. Thank Is you it? so much for watching and for listening. Whatever platform you consume this show on, we appreciate you. We will be back next week. We will be talking about more video games like Pyre. Don't think I forgot, Steimer. We're talking Yay. about it. Um, we love you all. Until next time. Adios. <laughs>